Mike, set this up so we have all the. I don't think. I don't think it matters that much. Put it so we can get all our three big heads. We might have to move it a little bit closer. Oh yeah! Oh, my big heads in there. We see all of us. We're about to start the show. You tag. Are uh, you tag on it? I am doing that now. I'll send it to her. Thank you. Uh, boom and boom. Hey, do you see, um, dude, that Tesla thing is going to be interesting. We, oh, yeah. we, 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 we're going to take it to a, to a place. <laughs> you know what I was laughing somebody? I didn't even realize. I was looking at the Space Force um, logo. The logo. Yeah. And then the Star Trek logo. It's, it's the similar. same fucking it's logo. Sim it's similar, yeah. <laughs> Did anybody even? <laughs> I'm surprised nobody talking about that. Ooh, people, Big Herb is watching, Ike is watching. Send it to your messenger. Alright, if you have a problem, I'll share it with you later. You got it? Alright, come back and watch it. Oh man, right, people are there. Herb, what's up, Herb? Ike, how you doing? Herb's always here. Herb's always here. Do you work, Herb? It's spirit. He's working on the set of Bad Boys. Bad Boys, Bad yeah. Boys. What we gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> All right, people. Welcome to another episode of The Rock Show, and this is episode 55. And we have a special episode with two bands that historically supposedly are the first two black rock band or punk or photo park. Yeah. Um, and they both have very different history how they came on. So with today we're talking about death and pure hell. And I want to introduce Sapphire, the uh, singer to Psychomotor Retardation. Great so, band that's been playing around for a while. That's a great name for a band. It's a great, great name. Cause you, Love you, that name. You know why? Because <laughs> the outrage community would just, oh, yeah. you can't use yeah. that retardation. Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, middle, the middle part of the word is retard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't say that word no more. But we're talking about Death and Pure Hell. Um, Death is a band that people really only discovered about 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like a great, it's like a great American story how this whole thing happened, yeah. how people discovered them, and now they ended up playing, recording new music, and you know. And then Pure Hell is a band that was around in the 70s and uh, in the New York City punk scene. And um, we're doing this for Black History Month too, remember? This is the special episode for February. Oh, we're gonna put this this week? Uh, so I'll yeah. probably release. I was gonna save this as episode 55 and just do it right after. Well, you could do it, yeah, well, before the end of the month or whatever you want. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be in order. Yeah. You know, but uh, all right, so we're talking about death first. Uh, let me ask you a yeah, question. Sure. I'm gonna throw you I'm gonna throw you a curveball. Okay. What do you think of the, that name, death? As, an, as a name for, yeah, a band. for a band? Well, given the reason that he called it that, you know, that they called yeah, it I Death, know. I think it's good, okay? Would I just, off the top of my head, call my band Death? Probably not. No. Probably not. Because that's, like that's like a tough sale. I, I'm just saying, my opinion well, is like, and if you're Death, you're thinking that. And if you're Death, you're thinking, and then Hard Rock, 
the first thing you think, a bunch of white boys. You would never think it's a bunch of well, black there, kids there from Detroit. Actually, there's actually a metal band, if you oh, look it up, called Death. Death? That, oh, that, that no. was rather like a speed metal band. Speed metal, no. Okay. So that, if I heard that name, I would think of that band. That's what I would think yeah, of. Yeah, more like know? a speed metal kind of band. But, or oh, death metal, obviously. Dude, but those guys of, yeah. were hell-bent on that name, and this yeah. guy was like, yeah, we're a bunch of brothers with... From Detroit, but, Michigan, we're going to be playing yeah. rock and roll, and people are like, you're out of your mind. What I know, the- <laughs> I know. The, the, the thing is, is there was, you know, when I tell the story, you'll see there was a whole method behind that Yeah. Game. And uh, that's part of the reason why people didn't know who they were for 40 years. Yeah, and you then know? on the other side of the spectrum, you got the bad boys from Philadelphia. <laughs> Pure hell. Pure hell was a different animal the, the, They were fucking totally savages. It's totally fucking different. great. I love it. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Mike, tell me the story. Let's right. get down. All right, three brothers from Detroit. Uh, David, Bobby, and Dennis. David being the oldest. Uh, last name Hackney. Hackney, yeah. Right. Now, they came from a very musical and religious family, okay? Uh, their parents were into all kinds of music. They, they taught them as kids to be open to basically any form of music. Yeah. You know? Uh, they pushed them to listen to about everything, pretty much. You know what uh, shocked me when he says he was watching, his dad was watching the Beatles yeah. on the Ed Sutherman show. How many fucking black people you think even watch that? Serious, the Beatles. You want, you want, no, you want to know something? That, that is still one of the highest rated shows ever on television, and I'm sure black people watch it. There's probably right. nothing they, else. They, they, they really, watch. Ed Sullivan, yeah. if you, everything I've ever heard about Ed Sullivan, because it went off the air when I was little, so yeah. I don't remember it. But everything I've heard about it was, it was must-see TV. It must TV, so that's so what was high rated. I think, yeah. and, and, and they did have black acts and stuff on it. I think the Jackson 5 performed yeah. on yeah, with Diana Ross and all that. Yeah, but the yeah. Jackson channels back then. Yeah, they were only a couple you know, of channels. The, the, right. the Jackson 5 was also like a phenom. That was, you know? Like yeah, I, I mean, I think that there was a lot of hype. I know yeah. there was a lot of hype around the Beatles and, and before yeah. they came. I mean, the, the New York Post for 10 days before the beat before they came had a little beetle on the, on it on the cover of the, yeah. the paper and it was like you know 10 days days to go nine days to go eight days to go wow and then it was like that's they're funny. here you know and it was the bridge that, that's cool. yeah you you want to hear it's funny but you hear about a bunch of brothers from detroit and what's their influence all these white rock bands which but is no, amazing I mean, they, you know? they, they were influenced they were like i said they were very religious so they were influenced the funk, by yeah. the church oh, stuff yeah. and then in the '60s, like they, like, like you said, they watched the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, and David and the and the boys said, "We're gonna be musicians." Okay, so they they, they started a funk band. I know. Okay, because that's what they were exposed to probably more than anything else. Oh yeah, but I'm, think, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking of these kids. Yeah. And just the way, you know, this way the stereotype, the church, yeah. and then the, they play heavy metal in the background. The mother not even you know, know that's the devil music. I no, didn't think that. No, she didn't act no, like that. I no, see that. no, she didn't act like that. But you gotta there. understand something. This, this, this story starts and it really exists in Detroit. It's Detroit, All yeah. Right? Now, if you understand Detroit in the '60s and early '70s. Rock and roll was everything. Yeah, oh yeah, it was okay. And it was multicultural yeah. too because like bands like the MC5 yeah. were attracting black audiences as yeah, well. Of course. They started the White Panther movement yeah. to work yeah. along the black people. I Panther remember when we did, did that. Yeah, we did yeah. that. So it was, a, you know, and Detroit's always been a mix of, of both. Well, yeah. So it's like, you know, it makes sense that everybody was. was I remember to being a kid and 
like listen to Metallica. Yeah. And my mother would lose her shit. What the fuck are you listening to? No, That's my, the type of music. No, I mean, my, my, mother, my, mother called, my mother called up my father one day, right? My parents were divorced. My mother called up my father one day, and he called me later on that night and said, You've been listening to. What have you been listening to? <laughs> Ozzy, Ozzy Osbourne, you've been listening to Metallica, Judas Priest, and I wasn't even listening to Judas Priest. I don't know where that came from. Okay, my mother must have just heard of it. Are you listening to ACDC? I'm like, yeah, every fucking day. It goes the way I grew up. You know, yeah. Yeah, maybe the yeah. was did, but grew up in New York, yeah. you listen to that. And especially that I went to Catholic school, you would oh, fucking get shit on. You would get shit on, yeah. <laughs> it's like amazing. You know, you, amazing. Weren't, you weren't listening to Madonna. You know? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I right. went to listen to your My Lucky Star. I was kicking the shit out of the people listening to My Lucky Star. Or like Me Cindy too. Walker. Cindy Lauper. Oh, my God. God. Yeah, that, that was good. Let me just vomit now. Yeah. <laughs> you ever see those psoriasis commercials he's got now? Yeah. I just I want see, to throw a brick at the team. I see the I true. I see your true colors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's bad. The red rash on you is your true color. Leave her alone. <laughs> She's got a good color, too. All right, let's, let's, let's get right, back let's on to talk about death, okay? Girls just want to have fun. Now, oh, they do. <laughs> now, they started out as a funk band, yeah. okay? And David, who was the oldest, like I said, went to see The Who one day in Detroit. And it was about 1973. And basically, after seeing that, he said, no, we just changed Changing the yeah. sound, and you know, uh, they were also listening to Alice Cooper, they were listening to the MC5 and the Stooges. Yeah, uh, were, another they guy were. they were listening to that a lot of people kind of forget was in the middle of all that was Bob Seger. Okay, I love, I love Bob Seger. I, I mean, the stuff that he got popular for yeah. a few years later is totally different than the stuff he did in the 60s. Yeah, totally different. Rambling, Gambling Man, and stuff like that. That was in, that was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that song. I don't know if you, if you noticed it. Oh, yeah. Rambling Gambling yeah. Man when he's driving. Yeah. You know, that's, that's Bob Seger. I, called, yeah. Yeah, it was called the Bob Seger System. Yes, I remember that, was, that. That's the stuff I like by him. The stuff later I don't really like. But, yeah, yeah you the know. first stuff I like. Yeah, the early stuff. Now, their dad was an electrical worker. He was a linesman. Yep. And one night, uh, this is about 73, 74, he was, a co-worker of his got electrocuted. And he was rushing the guy to the hospital. And a freak accident, his car got hit by a drunk driver and he died instantly. Wow. So he was trying to save somebody and he ended up dying. Now the, the Hackney brothers were deeply affected by this. And uh, you know, they, they went into a big grieving period. And uh, David took it even deeper because he said that the brothers needed to start a rock band that would be called death. Yeah. You know, and he made a big thing about it. Like, I'm going to tell you the name tonight. He wouldn't say what it was. And then he told them and they were just like, okay. Like, they didn't like it, but they, they had they this okay. they had this attitude of, you know, he's our older brother. We're going to listen to him. Yeah. You know, so that's why they agreed to it. And it, it, it was a deep loyalty the three of them had to each other. So... They were going to back him, and uh, it, it really the idea was he was trying to turn something negative into a positive. Yeah. All right. Uh, calling the band death was almost a way of dealing with their father. Their father, yeah. You know. Now their mother, uh, recently widowed, showed a lot of support once they got the band together, and they were allowed to uh, replace their whole bedroom with equipment. 
Okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah so they, they, they made a studio their, in the house. They made like a little studio yeah. in their house in Detroit. Uh, small frame house, wasn't a big house, but in the upstairs. Nice. And um, they were allowed to play at full volume between three and six in the afternoon. Yeah. They, they have full reign during those three hours to do whatever they want. So they probably went to school, came home, practiced. Did their homework and did their homework. Yeah, whatever. And they just yeah. jam and that's mm-hmm. it. And until you know. Until their parents, until their mom came home. Until so their mom came home from work and, or something. And that and probably that was, was the one that gave them the freedom to like learn and experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were talented. They, they were good musicians. Let me tell you if I'm right. Was Bobby the basic? And the and the yeah. voice. Bobby was the bass player and and the lead vocalist. Yeah, uh, the drummer was Dennis. Yeah. Okay, and David played guitar, a little bit of backing vocals. Do you see they spell Dennis like with a what a? Dennis. Yeah, Dennis. 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 Whatever. I looked at that. Was, uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, basically, they they blew up the neighborhood with this. Okay. Uh, they mostly played in the house at first. And then occasionally they would uh, be playing parties. But what would happen is, you know, people would be hearing a band playing upstairs. And then, like, you know, people would start banging on the door (laughs) trying to get in. Okay. And uh, that's how they got the song Keep On Knocking on the album. Yeah. 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 So they would play, like, backyard parties. They would play some house parties. But uh, no one in the neighborhood knew what to make of these guys. I mean, yeah. they were just playing this like hard rock, heavy rock. They were black. They, most people were listening to Earth, Wind and Fire. Okay? And they're doing that. But these guys, were, these guys were literally a garage band. They were a garage band. Exactly. By every definition of the word. Literally. Literally. Yeah. And uh, they, they admitted that, you know, the more that they were told you can't do this, because you're black, okay. The more they wanted to do it, they were like, "Fuck that! That's a punk attitude." Yeah, exactly. But you know, okay. the people look at them now and they look like visionaries. Like they were, they, like, they the, were yeah, like they visionaries. Were, they, they were okay. very they, different. They, they were. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, people used to give them a lot of shit for what they were doing. They just they didn't care. You know. And again, That's I'm punk. reading this stuff, but this is one of the things I see. They are seen in many, in many groups, as one of the first punk black rock band in the world. Yeah, but, but I mean, that's what we're saying. But they definitely, you know, it, it to me, well, what are you going to say? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I, I'm saying that and that's what we're going to talk about because I think U of Hell was the first band. I I, 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 I kind of lean towards that. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's, let's talk a little more about the bio of death and then we'll talk about Pure Hell, but... To me, death is more of a proto-punk. Oh yeah, they're definitely proto-punk. You know, I think you can listen to that album and it sits in with, you know, the MC5. Yes. Or the Stooges or yes. Alice Cooper. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it fits in with that Detroit sound of the day. Uh, did they, you know, did they do something as inventive as the Ramones, who are the first punk band? In, at all, at anybody, okay? Uh, no, they didn't. Because remember, the Ramones stripped everything down. Yeah. Okay. Um, down to just th- you know two or three chords. That was it. Okay. And and these great harmonies. But Death was playing more of a rock. They had leads. I mean, Death were better musicians than the Ramones. Oh yeah, absolutely. they were very good musicians. Okay, absolutely. At least in the beginning. Yeah. You know, I mean. 
Believe it or not, Didi Ramon was a good guitar player. Oh, yeah. And a good bassist. Yeah. But, you know, he's not given credit for that. Yeah. Johnny Ramon, too. They really look at lyrics so much in folk as they do. They should. The music, but I, I don't think they really do. No. They look at the whole thing, kind of like what it, you know, the craziness of it. Because I've played in bands where the lead guitarist and the bass didn't even know the lyrics to songs they were playing they just oh you're talking to musicians not worrying about the lyrics right. oh okay i thought you meant the fans um every band has its own yeah thing i guess i mean some guys well what is it i think mick jagger is on the record saying like i don't care about the lyrics and he's the one singing them right. okay because he what he'll do is if he doesn't like a certain lyric he'll slurry yeah you know I've read that about him. But Frank Sinatra will forget the lyrics to his songs. And jump into <laughs> yeah, and he did, yeah, he did that when he was young, too. It wasn't yeah. quite being all. No, he yeah. was just a yeah. guy that he did it a yeah. few times. It was funny, man. Yeah. Okay, now, um, they were recording some demos in their bedroom, and David decided it was time for them to get a real recording contract. Yeah. Okay? And he put a, a, a yellow pages on the wall. Okay, on a shelf, and he took a dart, and then we opened it up to the recording studio's page, okay, and just threw the dart, and where it landed, okay, was on a place called Groovesville Productions, mm -hmm. and it was owned by a guy named Don Davis, who was a successful producer for Stax Records, yeah, okay, very popular at the time. How crazy is that? Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> Not mean, everyone was... remembers what yellow pages are. Yeah, well, yellow. You, know, if you don't the know. White it, pages, it was it, it was the phone book. It was a right. roach. It was, it was a roach cutter. Yes. <laughs> and it, and every police station had one. Yeah. Oh, because you got to yeah. <laughs> beat with the yellow pages in the basement. Ooh, I got beaten by the yellow pages. The good thing about that never left the, never left <laughs> the never never mark. Yeah, wouldn't leave a mark. I feel like I need to take a shit. The guy hit me with the yellow pages. <laughs> go flying you know so the year was 1974 and they started recording at uh, United Sound Recording Studios in Detroit mm -hmm. now this is a famous recording studio that had Funkadelic the Dramatics Gladys Knight yeah, recorded there okay, so it was a really you know very top notch place now David was 21 Dennis was 19 but Bobby was only 17 he was still in high school okay when he was singing now, they recorded an album, tentatively at the time, titled For the Whole World to See. Yeah. Okay? And Groovesville didn't know what to do with these guys. You know, they didn't know how to break in an old black rock. Yeah, that, they, that they, was They the had no thing. idea how to do it. And the death name was considered a drawback because people thought it was too nihilistic, too depressing. Okay, and... Well, should they gone with the name Rock Fire Funk Express? Yeah, yeah. They, prob they probably would have gotten, you know, the record out, even though it wouldn't have made sense with the music. <laughs> I just looked at that yeah. name and I kept saying, yo, these guys yeah. are deaf, they're not yeah. this shit. Well, I mean... In the early 70s, a lot of black acts had names like that, but, you know, it wouldn't have made any sense with the music at all. Uh, Don Davis <laughs> brought a copy of the album when he went to visit Clive Davis, no relation, okay, at, uh, in New York City in 1975. Now, Clive, at that time, had started Arista Records, and Arista had just signed Patti Smith in 75, so they were looking to sign new bands in a, you know, new kind of sound that was emerging out of New York and a few other places, uh, but 
he passed on it because of the name. He said, talk to me when they change their name. Okay. So they did like seven songs, right? Is that what I they think did? it was about seven songs for the album or eight, something like that. Yeah. And uh, when, when word got back to David in Detroit that Clive Davis said to suggest changing the name, he basically told them all to hell and asked for the masters back, the master tapes back. So he, his attitude was, we're going to take these tapes and we're going to go to somebody else and we're going to find somebody that'll, that'll sign us with this name. Okay? Yes, unfortunately they wouldn't. Now, they parted ways with Groovesville in 1976. They got their masters, yeah. which was good. They didn't give them a problem with that. And uh, David was convinced that they could get recorded elsewhere. But what they did was, off the bat, they wanted to get some of the music out there. So they pressed 500 copies of the single uh, on a new label that they started called Triangle Records. Yeah. It's like T-R-Y-A-N-G-L-E yep. Records. Okay. And it was the song called Politicians in My Eyes. Yeah, and it was backed eyes. with Keep On Knocking. <laughs> now, great song. Okay. Yeah, there was only 500 nine, yeah. of these made. Now, yeah. it, you know, years and years later, it became a... A rare record if you had it. It was worth, oh, yeah, it was worth quite a bit of money. You couldn't find it. Yeah, I mean, it was only 500 of them made. And actually, a lot of them ended up sitting in the uh, the artist who designed the, the label, the triangle and everything. Uh, it was like in his, I think it was in his house, a whole wow. bunch of them. So not even 500 got circulated. Wow. You know, so very rare. But they pressed 500 copies. Now, in 76, what was taken over the world, right? Music industry, disco. Yeah, disco, yeah, it right? started. So it was hard for them, even in Detroit, which was a rock town, it was hard for them to get played on the radio. And those were the days when you could actually walk up to a DJ and say, hey, listen, I got this new record. You know, whatever, okay? That's, that used to happen, all right? Yeah. And uh, David in 78, uh, I should say in that year in 76, still had this optimistic attitude that we're gonna make it and uh, but with disco taking over and kind of like them not being able to get a lot of airplay yeah. they were starting to get like depressed about yeah. it kind of thinking like this isn't gonna work yeah but they would get a phone call from a relative out in Vermont Burlington Vermont Bernie Sanders land that's where he was mayor okay? <laughs> uh, Burlington Vermont and uh, they would relocate out to Vermont. Out of all places. Yeah. Okay. But, but pretty much at this point, the band ended it, right? Well, they still had, they still, no, it was 78 at that point, and they, they still uh, had the idea of the band. They weren't really playing. They were coming. I think they were working together, still jamming. Yeah, they were doing, but, but you know what they, they were doing? They were the group, the fourth moving gospel not, rock. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I'm going to get to that. that oh, yeah? About a year or two away from that. That's what I got at 77. Gospel rock? Yeah, they no, became gospel that was, rock. that was around 78, 79. Yeah. They started with that. But in 78, when they moved to Burlington, um, David immediately, like, first upon getting there, made up all these flyers with the word death, death right. on it, with the triangle symbol that they <laughs> yeah. had. Okay? And... Uh, 
in a little sleepy town like Burlington with flies and death <laughs> on telephone poles. Okay, they got a visit from the police department. Okay? Oh yeah, because people thought it was a gang Terroristic. thing. They thought it was gang violence. Okay, with, with the yellow pages. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think they got beaten up with the yellow pages. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, now. Um, <laughs> they just said, listen, you know, if that's the name of your band, you better change your name and send it this town. Yep. You know what I mean? So they pretty much had given up on death at that point. Yeah, yeah you're in Vermont. Imagine that. I yeah, yeah I it's can't. dead. You know, but these guys seem to go against the grain with everything yeah. they did. You know, some people are like that. Now, you mentioned the fourth movement. Yeah. Okay. And it was something that they actually decided to do. They wanted to get back to their religious roots. And they would play together as the fourth movement. And, and I've actually heard this record. There were two records that they put out. Gospel okay. Rock? Gospel, yeah, gospel rock. rock. And I've actually listened to the first one. And it's better than you think. It's not that bad. No. Okay, it was more. It was better than I thought. I thought I was gonna like. You know, when I first heard it, I was like, I'm not gonna like this. But I'm like, you know what? It's actually not that bad. It's well, been re-released. The, the, the music, like, it was the he, the, the, uh, not as not as heavy, not as like hard rock. Jesus, Jesus, come all over ca me. Ca like, what? Kind of, yeah. Like, like it, he's talking about revelations a lot. Okay. And uh, that seemed to be okay. a theme on that first album that I heard. There's a second one that I didn't listen to. But the first one was about more like Revelation that he's like mentioning. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Yes. Antichrist. Antichrist. In and Vermont. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> With the triangle. With the triangle. Yes. Okay. And, you know, the triangle meant the three brothers, the three, the three sides. Brothers, yeah. Okay. And they had like these little dots that were next to it and it was something that David saw in the sky one day like he saw like a triangle and he's like and it was like little light poking through or something and he just beating yeah. themselves yeah. down more and well, more as you talk <laughs> the more you talk the worse it's down <laughs> wow. now in 1982 after a couple years of the gospel rock thing uh, David kind of just was like this is not what I want yeah, and he moves back to Detroit. To Detroit. But the other brothers, the other brothers stay there. Okay? To the point that they even formed like a reggae band. Yeah, the two brothers, Bobby and Dennis, started a, a reggae band called Lamb's Bread. Yeah, which Lamb's I Bread. actually never saw, but I remember them. Okay, because they they would be on bills sometimes, like on outdoor festivals. Yeah, for reggae shows, and I would see them. Lamb's Bread, which is Lamb's Bread reference to weed. You know, right. like, but but like I I, I never saw them. But uh, I've seen clips of them now, and they're not that bad. They're kind of like little poppy. Yeah. Reggae. They were doing gospel rock. What yeah. was their name? The Fourth Movement. The fourth Movement. Yeah. So they went from death to Fourth Movement as gospel rock, and then yeah. Lamb's Bread as a reggae artist? No, yeah. actually, well, the two the, brothers. They were the, the rock. Fire funk express. No, that was first. Then, then yeah, that was that. Then they became death. Then, death. then, then the movement. Then, then, then lamb's bread. Lamb's bread. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're at seventy-eight. Seven, oh, about eighty-two. About eighty-two. Okay. And that's when for the fourth movement was yeah. done. Okay, and I gotta say, man, all the vodka I had yesterday, I had four, I had four <laughs> movements today. It was, it was fucking horrible. Okay. <laughs> They never let I you in my mind. I told you that was, I told you that was gonna happen yesterday. 
That's why. That's why I'm drinking this this weak shit today. Trying to get my strength back. I got annihilated in this bar yesterday. Oh my god. Seven B, baby. Seven B. So thank you, Gina. <laughs> so David moved back to Detroit and dies in '82 from lung cancer. Yeah, but it, you know this. There's, there's about 18 years there. Yeah. Okay. He died in 2000. Um, yeah. They, you know, they remained close, even though yeah. they were separated by a few states. But they remained close, and and there was, you know, both of the brothers got married. Yeah. Uh, they all went to each other's weddings, and they were they remained close. David was recording his own stuff. Yeah. Okay, which never was released. No. Until years later. Okay. And some of it's pretty good. I okay. think after he died, pretty after much somebody died. found well, once, him. Man. Once death, once death was discovered, okay. Now, sadly, he died in that uh, and he also died of lung cancer. Yeah. Okay, in the year 2000. Um, but in 1983 was when Lamb's Bread started. Now they yeah. had actually eight albums. Yeah. As Lamb's Bread, and they still perform today occasionally. Um, yeah, they were the spirits. They, they were the, they were um, a reggae band. They yeah. were like in, they did like everything. They right. played every festival. But, but they were like a reggae reggae band. Real reggae band. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the story doesn't end here though. All right, this is just the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Because Bobby and Dennis uh, have a house together in Jericho, Vermont. They got five kids each. Uh, <laughs> Bobby's children were unaware about their father and their uncles being in a band called Death. Yeah. They never told them about it, okay? Uh, and they only knew about the reggae band. Yeah. They didn't know about anything before that. Now, one day, um, Bobby's uh, son, Bobby Jr., yep. comes across, he hears about a record by a band called Death, Yep. And he's a punk rock kid. Yeah. He's actually a punk no rock way. kid. Yeah. He's actually don't, a punk rock kid. Yeah, and you know what's funny? I think he was actually in a band also, the kid. Didn't Bobby get into something? He, he, yeah, he starts a yeah. band in the middle of all yeah. this. But originally, it was you know he was just talking about music yeah. and, uh, online with people. And he yeah. comes across the death <laughs> no single. Way. Yep. Okay. Now, the death single had been released on some compilations over the years. Okay, and it was only the two songs that yeah. anybody ever knew. Yeah. And if you had an actual copy of this thing, it was worth a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. Now, Bobby gets somebody sends him a, an MP3 or something of the song. I think it's Politicians in My Eyes. Yeah, or maybe it, was the flip, it might have yeah. been the flip side. It might have been you know, both. Keep on knocking. Yeah. yeah, it might have been both. And he hears it and he's like, that's my father's voice. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Yeah, Bobby Jr. Okay. Yeah. So, um, there was underground interest in the band was starting to get strong with this. Yeah. Now they um, there was a record collector named Robert Cole Manis, and he got an eight hundred dollar copy of the original single. Yep. Okay. On uh, eBay, and he passed it over to a Chicago indie label called Drag City. Drag City, now yes. the whole thing was everybody wanted to know if there was an actual album out there somewhere, not just a single. Right. Nothing was really known about them, but in there the was industry. an album. Just there was, seven but songs. guess where it was? Where? In their attic. Yeah, because they got the tapes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, they had the masters. They had the masters right. when they left the studio. Right. Yeah. So, Bobby Jr. started a band called Rough Francis. 
And it was right after he confronted his father about it, and his father says, yeah, we, that's us. Yeah. And he confronted him. Well, he kind, of, he kind of was like, is this you? Is this you? Know, is this singing this song? It sounds just like you. You hear you know? this from me? Right? And, and he's, he's like, yeah, that's us. You know, it was me and your, your uncle, your and, uncle. And this is, a, for me, yeah. from that point on, that's a hell of a journey. Yeah. So, uh, Drag City was interested in anything they had from this band to put out. So Bobby got the tapes and brought them to Drag City and they yeah. put the album out. Now, um, that was around uh, 2010 yep. or so that came out. Okay, that's when I started hearing about this band. All right. And um, Bobby Jr. would start a band called Rough Francis and he would go out and do these songs off the album. His father's songs. That's awesome. Okay. That is amazing. And, and um, if you see the documentary Sapphire, like you see Ruff Francis playing in front of all these young kids, singing his his father's songs. He's like in his twenties. Okay, singing singing his father's song, um, which is fantastic. April of 2015, uh, they would come out with a new album. It's called New and Dot E Dot W Dot. Yeah. All right, and in 2011, between 2011 and 2012, some older material that they had uh, recorded between 76 and 92. Yeah, they had the Actually, spiritual, mental, physical. Yeah, spirit, right, right. I have that album. It's pretty good. And then they also had the other number three. Yeah, well, that's a more unreleased stuff. Yeah, more yeah, yeah. You want to hear something funny? I, they actually took one of the. Um, Guys, guitarist from the um, Lambred, yeah, uh, Bobby Duncan. Bobby Duncan became like the third they, official he, member he, he for, became, since right. David died. He, David passed away, so they needed somebody to, to replace him. Yeah. Um, they wanted to get somebody they were comfortable with, and so they got the guitar player from the reggae band Lambred. And when you watch the documentary, it's it, it's great because they didn't want to like pressure him to do it. They wanted him to kind of want to do it. Yeah. So they just kind of said, this is Dave, this is our music, this, you know, and he started listening to it and he just he aced gelled. it. He aced it. Aced it. He totally gelled with the band. I, I mean, they, 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 ne they never played that kind of music yeah. before in the reggae band. Yeah. You know, and he just, boom, he did, and, and there was a point, there was a point in the documentary where, I think it's Bobby telling it, where he's like, we went into the studio, we didn't know what to expect, and he said, you know, Bobby had been, Duncan had been practicing and he didn't, they didn't know what to expect and he just like went into like a solo and it sounded just like David. It's, yeah, it's like and David. They, and they, Pichetti, stopped, they, yeah. Stopped, they stopped playing and they like, well, like, guess that was the crime. Yeah. Like, you sound like my brother, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it, it's, you know, and they've, uh, they've played off and on around ever since. I think they did a... They still get together once in a while do a show yeah. or play, or play yeah. whatever I don't music. know if Rough Francis is still playing around or not, but but I think Death is still playing around. And they I did think Death's still Five years around. ago was that last new material for them. But they're yeah. older guys now. They're in, they're in their 60s. Be, I was going to say, they've got to be like 65. Five. Yeah, they're about 65. I think, they, I think they're working on one more album. Possibly. Something like that that I read. Possibly. And they might be doing something. Yeah, and, I mean, and I think that'll be like it, the it, Grand Farrell album. That's maybe. It. Maybe. Uh, definitely look them up people that you know if you haven't heard about this band you have to check them out it's so. a very good band yeah. very good band so let's move over to pure hell pure hell pure hell, pure hell. Okay. This, is, this is another one now pure hell can only be described as a story of missed opportunities yeah unfortunately pretty much that's okay. what it was really it was uh singer kenny gordon uh had said something very poignant once he says i don't want to be remembered because we're black 
I want to be remembered for being part of the first tier of punk rock in the 70s. And I, I, I agree with that. I, that whole mentality. Yeah. You know? I agree with that. Yeah. These, these guys were from sure you Philadelphia. Don't. You know what, how popular these guys? These guys were actually the band that influenced the Bad Brains. It wasn't Death. It was actually Pure Hair that influenced bad brains. Bad the Bad Brains. brains. Bad brains. You know? And, um... <laughs> And that's amazing. Yeah. And this, yeah. this, this is another story that's motherfucker. These guys yeah. could have been. They could have been huge. They could have been huge. Yeah. Now it starts in 1974 in West Philadelphia. There were four teenagers. Yeah. Lead, lead vocalist. What's the Fresh Prince? West Philadelphia. <laughs> that's right. I forgot that. Yeah. Okay. Playground. Yeah. Yeah. Lead vocalist Kenny Stinker Gordon. Guitarist Preston Chipwreck Morris. <laughs> Bassist Lenny Steele Bowles. And drummer Michael Spider Sanders. Yeah. That's pure hell. That's now, it. they were obsessed with Jimi Hendrix, Iggy, and the, Iggy Pop and the Stooges, yep. David Bowie, Alice Cooper, the MC5, all that they stuff. They had okay? a lot of influence. But they wanted to make something even heavier and faster. Yeah. So they would move to New York City. Yep. Nothing was happening in Philadelphia. So they would arrive the same month in New York City as Patti Smith started playing CBGBs. Yeah. Okay? And they would also leave right after the murder of Nancy Spongin by Sid Vicious. So they were there at the peak of all that, here in the city. Dude, did Sid Vicious play with them once yes. summer, Yeah, well, they backed did. Sid Yeah, they, they, back. they did, yeah. yeah. Well, right, the, the stuff like uh, Sid Sings, yeah. like the, the live album. I All think right. that's guys from Pure Hell playing. Wow, live. yeah. Well, do you remember the movie Sid and Nancy? Yeah. Do you remember there's that one scene when they're in the hotel room and, and Nancy Spongin saying, oh, uh, you know, we got a band together and one of the guys is like a black dude? Yeah. I think that's supposed to be one of the guys. Oh, from Pure well, from, oh that yeah, makes I, sense. I, yeah, I think that's... that's All right, that's that makes that sense. Means. They never said it. He had no speaking part, but, you know. But, <laughs> yeah. So, singer, uh, singer Gordon had a teenage life that was immersed in music and movies, particularly John Waters' movies. So, he was influenced by movies very much and that would create like some of the themes in their songs and stuff like that. And there was a place in Philadelphia called the Artemis and they would all hang out there. Like, this was like where all the weird people were. Okay? <laughs> that kind of thing. And they used to dress in drag. Yeah. Right? But... It, you know, they were in the '70s. You could do that in some places, and still kind of like not have that like gay thing thrown on you. Okay, it 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 in the '70s you had the New York Dolls, for instance. Now yeah. you know a lot of people would look at the New York Dolls and go, oh, "They they look gay." Okay, but the truth was they got more chicks than anybody. Okay, back in the Pure Hell was kind of like channeling that kind yeah. of a little bit. Yeah, it was 15 years earlier. But way before. Way before. Right. Way before. Now, um, all these guys were friends in, in, in Philadelphia, and they would all hang out, and they would wear wigs and be in drag. But then, like, if someone teased them, they'd, like, beat the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, the everybody was like, don't mess with these cats. But in 1975, they would move to, to New York City, like yeah. I said. They, they, they moved to the Chelsea Hotel for a little while. And their first gig was in front of a store on St. Mark's Place called Frenzies, okay? And Chip, his, uh, his guitar caught fire. 
His amplifier, actually. <laughs> Caught fire. So it was a great way to break into the music business. Okay. Now, drummer Michael Sanders knew uh, the Philadelphia native named Neon Leon. And Neon Leon was from Philly but had relocated to New York. Yeah. And he had a lot of connections, uh, mostly drug. Okay. Yeah. And that led them right to the New York Dolls. Both. Okay. And they got invited to play one day at the loft of the New York Dolls, yeah. which I think was over on Christie Street, yeah. if I remember right. Okay, and when they first met, they were actually scared of the Dolls, okay, because they were all dressed up, but they were sitting there like smoking weed, okay, and they were like watching like Bowery Boy movies or something yeah. on TV, you know, like, and like talking about it, and it just was like intimidating, yeah. okay. So, um, within a short time, they became friends. And they would actually live with the dolls in the, in, the, in, the, in the loft also. And people would come over and they thought that Pure Hell was their drug dealers. <laughs> oh, you got these poor black dudes. Yeah, poor black dudes hanging in out. In drag. In drag, <laughs> yeah. just like them. That's what people yeah. thought. They were like the fucking drug dealers. They, yeah. they, or the gang, or the posse, the right, beat people right. up. Like, like, yeah, to beat them up. But um, they were having problems at the Chelsea, so they kind of had to leave anyway, so moving into the Dolls loft only made sense. Johnny Thunders of Dolls was, was really into Pure Health, and he wanted to help them. Yeah. He got them some gigs at Max's Kansas City and a place called Mother's, which used to be across the street from the Chelsea on 3rd yeah. Street. Uh, also, Andy Warhol's magazine, Interview, had pieces about them in, in numerous issues. He actually... Of Pure Hell? Yeah. Okay, they were starting to, to have a little bit of a buzz. The Dolls were on their way out. This was 75. Yeah. Uh, the Heartbreakers were about to start. Okay. Yeah. So the, the industry was, you know, the punk scene of, was, it was starting. Changing. The music scene was getting away from the glam and getting into like more of a punk thing. And they were right there at the beginning of it, 75. So, yes, they were. Yeah. Now, Andy Warhol being, you know, hanging out at Max's all the time, probably saw them and said, you know, let's do a couple interviews or have some pictures of them in Interview Magazine, which was his magazine. That was the hangout. Kansas, uh, Max's Kansas City. Max's yeah. Kansas City yeah. was the hangout. Yeah. Now, they needed management, and bass player Lenny Bowles tracked down Curtis Knight, who was the singer of The Squires, which was Jimi Hendrix's first band. Yeah. Okay? Actually tracked them down found out where he lived and showed up at his house one night and just said, I'm here. I'm here. And, and, and we, you know, we need a manager. And Knight uh, was married to a woman named Kathy, uh, Kathy Knight, and they were business partners as well as being married. So they kind of like were really impressed with the fact that he even just showed up and was very, yeah. you know, very aggressive like that. And uh, they went down to one of the shows they were playing and were blown away. In fact, uh, singer Kenny Gordon did a backflip off the stage and landed on their table. So it was like, a, it was crazy shit. Yeah, I mean, definitely make an impression, you know. And Curtis Knight actually said, shit, I've got four Jimi Hendrixes on my, on my hands right now. Why does, why yeah. does that make me think I'm coming to America? <laughs> You're fucking crazy. It's mind. Oh my God. How does your mind, mind work, Rob? Works. <laughs> now the Knights would sacrifice about three months rent to get them a European tour. 
Yeah. So they would use some of their own money because they were so impressed with them. Mm. And uh, the success of that tour, they actually were able to put out a single, and it was a cover of Nancy Sinatra's These Boots Are Made For Walking. Yep. And uh, it was a great, great version. Mm. It would actually go to number four in the UK, that single on the alternative charts of that year. This was about 78 or so. And the other song was No Rules. No Rules. No Rules, right, right. Um, They were photographed by Bob Gruen, the famous rock photographer, in front of Buckingham Palace on that tour. And uh, they were promoted as the world's only black punk band. Now, Lenny Bowles, this was about 78, 79. Okay. Yeah. They were still doing that thing, though, Who? Death? Yeah. Yeah, but nobody knew who they were. Nobody had heard the music. Nobody really knew who they were. Um, they couldn't put anything out because of the name. But um, Lenny Bowles, who said, you know, I don't want to be known as a black punk band, he was kind of upset with them promoting it that way. I don't blame him. Yeah, but he kind of he kind of ate it and took it because they, they wanted to play Europe. They played Holland uh, and the UK, actually, and they were accepted very widely. You know, before they even came there, there was a hype. So yeah. when they got there, it was a big thing. But Mike, think about these guys. Yeah. Dev had all the, the recorded album. These guys haven't really even recorded an album. When they did record a, they, they recorded a single. Only after they song. toured. Yeah. But I mean, that's a lot of hype. That's all they had. That's all they had. Technically, that's all they had. That's and, all they had. And that's all the hype they needed to fucking be so successful. Yeah. yeah. But they still, you but know. But it, fu- it got oh, fucked up. It, it got well, fucked up. It, it got fucked up. Okay, now, one thing I want to mention is when they you were know, in England. I think England, 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 um, they would they would get requests like, look, it's good, but you guys should be more danceable. Well, we're not doing that kind of music. Yeah, they weren't. No, they, they weren't. They weren't even disco. Yeah. No, no, nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing close to it. They were like hard. They would they would do a second tour in Europe in 1979, but during that tour they had a falling out with Curtis Knight. Yep. And uh, they parted ways in Europe, and Curtis Knight came back to the states in a huff with their master tapes yep. you know, swearing to never work with them again and basically if it wasn't for Kathy Knight he would have burned those tapes he wanted to burn them wow now I to this day don't know exactly what happened okay uh, I, I'm sure like you know if I could talk to Chip find out okay <laughs> and I was talking to Chip last month yeah and we were hoping to get him on for this show I'm glad Okay. Thank you. But, but, you know what I think happened? I think they dumped the motherfucker up. I think that's what happened. Remember <laughs> they beat him up with a phone book? They, yeah. they, they yeah. fucking, I think that's what really happened. Because, you know, they wanted to make an album. This guy was too busy doing a bunch of other shit other than taking care of his band. And 
It's a new. I don't know. Album. I don't know. Now, because uh, he recorded some damn. They, they recorded some stuff while they were in Europe yeah. because the, the second tour was allowing them to make a little money, and they put it into recording. And uh, but they had no money because when once they parted ways when they fought, Pure Hell was stranded in Europe. It took them like a little while to get back. Okay. Oh my word. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they actually ended up relocating in L.A. Uh, because when they came back to New York, they got caught up in the whole Sid Vicious thing in 79. Yeah. Okay? Because 79 and 80, uh, that whole year when, when, when that was going on. Yeah, anything they would get questioned about, cops wanted to talk to them, you know, and all that stuff. And uh, they ended up going to L.A. And they would do shows with the Cramps. Cramps relocated out there. They would do shows with the Germs. Okay, yeah, and but the sad thing is the band would fizzle out by 1980. Yeah. It really couldn't, you know, they couldn't get signed, and their interest was music was kind of becoming more new yeah. wave. They didn't like that, and that was kind of the end of them for a long yeah. time. Now, in the early 2000s, Kathy Knight put up the master tapes on auction on eBay. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Now, and who bought those? Got a guy named Mike Schneider from Welfare Records. Okay, um, bought it and released it in 2006 as the Noise Addiction album. All right, I think I might have sent you that clip. That's, okay. yep. Yeah, that's the whole album. That's, yep, that's I, I thought it was um, Henry Rollins. No, Henry Rollins released the, the uh, original single. The single, that's I think a couple was. of years later. Okay, he bought the uh, the original acetate yeah. of these boots are made for walking, yes. and he put it out on his own label. Um, now, sadly, uh, drummer Michael Sanders would die in 2003. Uh, but uh, he had a friend named Gary, I'm sorry, named Gina Parker. Yeah. Uh, Parker Lorton, actually, was her name. And she was like an indie talent rep. And she has been very instrumental in, in, in pushing people to recognize Pure Hell, okay? Um, she actually got them into the American Museum of History and Culture, and as a, uh, I think that's the, actually I spelled that wrong. I think it's the African American Museum of History and Culture. Okay, <laughs> and his jacket, Sanders leather jacket, is going to be part of their induction when they get in there. Now I got some information. I'm not sure how recent it was. They might be in there now. Okay, but there's been a, a resurgence into like who Pure Hell was. Okay. Now the Bad Brains always said. Pure Hell was an influence on yeah. them because they came a good two years or so before. All right. Um, in January of 2020, this year, um, I got to see Chip play. Okay, Chip has a new band. He's down in Philadelphia. He's got a new band called Street Vengeance, and they played right over here at Niagara. Wow. Okay, he was part of that A7 reunion stuff that goes on every so often. Mm-hmm. Um, I was impressed. He can still play. Uh, he really was shredding it. Uh, I was really impressed. I got to talk to him a little bit on the phone. It's called Street Vengeance. Yeah, not much about them if you're looking online. I haven't been able to find much. They just started. They're just a brand new band out of, out of Philly. And uh, I'm going to keep an eye on them. When they come here again, we'll try to Definitely see them Definitely got to keep an eye on them. You know? So that's all I got for you, Mr. Rob. Um, I got a little bit of information because then they actually got together and they did the album. They released yeah, they, they, the 13, they done, 13 song collection. Yeah. And they even went to a point that they made this black album with two of the guys. 
Oh, you're talking about the yeah, album with Lemon? Yeah, that was never released. It was done in the early 80s yeah. with two of the guys from Pure Hell and Lemmy from Motorhead. Yeah. Lemmy, Lemmy singing a song called The Call. Uh, the Call, yes. Yeah, and, and I only have heard that song maybe once. Once? Okay. Yeah. yeah but I thought that was a little weird history there. Yeah, that yeah. Little, that was when they were out in LA. I think they did that briefly, but it wasn't really Pure Hell. Okay. It was like, the, you know, the, the two uh, two guys from Pure Hell with, with Lemmy and a couple other people in the studio fucking it's still around. still fantastic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anytime you're in the presence of Lemmy. Well, yeah. Like what? The music or the lyrics. Of Pure Hell? Mm-hmm. I think it just goes hand in hand. You know, I mean, they're a great punk band. Yeah. You know, my background is all that stuff. So when I hear something like Pure Hell. Dude, they're like, like high energy. Like yeah, and high energy. They're kind of like a black dead boys. Yes. I love it. That's what they compared it to. They compared yeah, they, it to they, like they, the, 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 the dead yeah. boys. The dead boys. But because they would have stage antics like backflips. Yeah. And Stiff Bates used to stick his head in the fucking bass drum. Dead boys. All right. You know, and cra- crazy stuff like that. Pull his dick out and everything on stage. Wendy O, dead boys. Wendy O, yeah. 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 You know, I, I think you... Yeah, they were the, you know what? They were, they were, com- no, they were comparable <laughs> to the MC5 Sex Pistol and the Dead Boys, Definitely. saying that these guys were all Absolutely. the same. Absolutely. Uh, check out Pure Hell. Check out Death. Now, in your opinion, Rob, what's the first Black Punk band? I'm going to go with... After all this has been said. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with Pure Hell because they actually okay. moved to New York. They were down with the CBGB. They, they were in the, the middle of it. And yeah. the uh, Maxis, Kansas City, all that stuff. So they were, with, they were with the people and they did tours of Europe and they performed. Death never really performed too much until later on. These guys performed right away but they never really went anywhere. Now I'm going to say the it's same, too, same it's exact... It's tragic story yeah. either it, way. It, it, I'm going to say the exact same thing. Uh, they were right in the middle of it all when that first tier of, of punk bands were playing here in the city, uh, changing the world, music world with it. Uh, they were right in the middle of it. So I put them as the first black punk band. Death is a great band. I'm glad they've been discovered. They're more proto-punk, not to take away from anything they did musically, because I like it. Everything they put out, I like. It's not quite punk. It's, it's definitely, had they been out there playing, they would have been very influential. And who knows where that would have went? Yeah. Okay. I agree now, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you make the final decision. Who's the first black punk band? Well, I agree with you both. Right. As pure hell, but for different reasons. Explain. I think that in order to be considered the first of anything, you had to have been influential and acknowledged by others. And although Death recorded a lot, no one knew a thing about that. No one them. heard it, yeah. So you can't be the first if no, no one, one knew of no. you. Right. Yeah. So I'm exactly. going to go with Pure Hell. Yeah, and all think right. about Pure Hell influence the Bad, bad Brains. Brains. <laughs> That's all you and need. Then it, and then it goes out from there. Yeah. So, okay, the Bad Brains influence a lot of people too. I'm yeah. so sorry. Yeah. So that's the way you get it. So, um... Let's talk a little bit about your band. When are you getting together? When are you doing a show? What's going on with you? Psycho Motor Retardation. <laughs> we will be recording some new music really soon. Um, we have no upcoming dates for performances, but we will. But the most important thing is we got new music coming. So. That's, that's what we want to hear. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what we want to hear. We'll be recording new music. And definitely let me know, and I will be there, and maybe we'll, maybe we'll do a live feed, or we'll do something. We could always do a percent, a percent. We could do, we could do, right, we could, when you're ready. And we have ready, a studio we, now. So. Yeah, we can come down to the studio, yes. and, you know, get involved. Maybe do a show from the studio. If 
Okay. Yeah. You can do I can bring a camera, we can do live. Like that we're live on Facebook Live. There's probably a bunch of people. But a lot of people make comments also. We've been having a lot of people watch a lot of comments. Yeah. <laughs> You're going mad with actually where you wearing that shirt, the lamb shirt? L A M L E M F? Yeah. <laughs> oh, who asked that, Matt? Yeah. Because yeah, he bought it for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next show I'm going to wear it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So he wanted to know that. Um, another thing, people, I guess that's it. How can we get in touch with you, Mike? You can find me on Instagram, RockerMike212. You can find me on Twitter, RockerMike3. And you can find me on Facebook under my real God given name, Michael Baker. And Sapphire, how can we find you if they want to get in touch oh, with you? Or oh, your band. <laughs> Same yeah. thing, you can find me on Instagram, Psychomoto Retardation Band, or on Facebook at my God given name, Lunas. So, there you go. But if you really want to get in contact with the band, just email Psychomoto Retardation. At what? At gmail.com. Remember that, Gmail. Psychomoto Retardation. Yep. It's got the word retard in it. Yeah. <laughs> and you know me, you can find me at anything getting lumped up in, um, in Instagram, Twitter, um, YouTube. Facebook, YouTube. Um, watch the video, subscribe. And as you know, me and Mike are going to be changing the format real right. soon. And uh, we won't be doing live on Facebook. We're going to want you guys to come onto our YouTube channel. And check it out and there. And check it out there. And, there we'll, and we're also going to do like special video there that I show just for the YouTube audience. Like the Rossi rant won't longer be on Facebook. I might do it after I do it, then I'll load it up to Facebook. Later on, but it'll yeah. be on YouTube. But it'll be on YouTube, because yeah. I got like four or five episodes that I need to put up, you know? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, a lot of... I do it for you people. Yeah, and I've been spending a lot of my time editing and I'm losing my mind. <laughs> so people well, little there is. Yeah. It's, it's a little. It's very little. So people, God bless. Have a good one. And remember, don't get drunk. Get lumped up. Have a good one. <laughs> <laughs>